Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show, still lumbering on in spite of genuinely heartbreaking public demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'm driving the bus tonight. And joining me in the studio is a man who, in terms of punditry, has often been described as cricket's Danny Mills. Right. Apart from his knowledge, humour and uh, broadcasting ability, it's Tony Kerr. Yay, how's it going? It's good, Tone. It is good. How are you doing this week? Very good, yeah. Uh, well, decent. Decent to very good. Yeah. Interesting. Been, yeah. It, on that, in that kind of spectrum. Yeah, exactly. No, happy. Good to see you. Yeah, it's actually been a while, hasn't it? I actually haven't seen you for a while. It, the biggest barrier to the World Cricket Show, <laughs> the, the, the thing that gets in the way more often than not, is holidays. <laughs> yeah. you've, uh, you've let that one happen again. You've done a holiday. Well, I've taken a leaf out of your book, Tone, <laughs> and uh, finally decided to allow myself a holiday after what was a long three months <laughs> no it's true actually like you wouldn't think that a podcast that we record once every two weeks would be disrupted quite so often by one of the two presenters going on holiday uh, but yeah it was a good time I had a good holiday time thank you very much for asking you know I really I really felt that I deserved it in fact everyone told me that I deserved it Everyone at work, I told people at work I was going on holiday, and certainly quite a few people said, oh, that's good, you really deserve it, you work really hard. And I said that to my girlfriend, and she just burst out laughing, <laughs> like she couldn't stop laughing. I, I, well, I can say whether you deserved it or not. I think, yeah, for your efforts over the last uh, few months on the World Cricket Show, I think you did earn it, yeah. Yeah. Well, you mean, I know I have a day job as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the job we were talking about. <laughs> the World Cricket Show. When I said my colleagues. yeah. I told you. Yeah, <laughs> I told you you deserved it. Um, but yes, well, where did I go? What did I do? Stay tuned till the end of the show, uh, and uh, and you'll find out. That's called a tease tone. Yeah, that's what we in the business call a tease. Looking ahead, and uh, that'll keep people on tenter hooks, keep them listening throughout this one. But uh, more to the point, how are you, Tone? How are you doing this week? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, been uh, been busy with uh, other sport trying to yeah well just kind of yeah clearing the decks for the start of the uh, ashes now why did you whisper that well just because i didn't want to give the game away about what we were going to be discussing <laughs> i mean it's a little bit obvious yeah what well we might I mean, be talking it'll about. literally say in the title of the episode ashes preview okay mm. well there we go ashes yeah clearing the decks ahead of that and you were telling me before you've actually uh, you've stumped up the dollar for uh, the extra subscription that you need now yeah i've coughed up the money for BT Sport. It's one of those things where, like, I am so in the past that <laughs> I just assume that things take ages to, like, happen. If you know what I mean? Say, so I think, like, I need to get B- BT Sport. It's almost like I've got to write, you know, write, write a letter <laughs> yeah. to sort it out. So I was like, you know, November the 8th. I'm like, well, I've got to get this sorted out because otherwise it's not going to be ready in time for the Ashes in two weeks. Uh, but then I phoned up today and they're like, within two minutes, they're like, well, that's all sorted for you, sir. And it's just on my TV. Uh, so The world's I, changed in the last, you know, five years, <laughs> it seems. In the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like I was genuinely panicking this morning. Like, God, if I don't get it sorted out today, it might be too late. Uh, I mean, we're not, well, I suppose we are quite old, aren't we? Yeah. We weren't that old when we started this. No, I Probably did. But there we go. <laughs> I know, alarmingly. But anyway, not only have you you can have BT then uh, beamed into your living room, you probably have me beamed into your living room for a fair amount of it now. I mean, it was sort of a game of chicken, really. I was just waiting for you to get the subscription <laughs> right. so that I could come around and watch it. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's going to be overnight as well, so yeah. sometimes I'll yeah come down in the morning and just find you fast asleep on the sofa. I really regret getting you a key to my house. <laughs> 
So yeah, well, that's exciting, isn't it? And as we say, we are we are going to be talking about the ashes on today's show. It is the first part of a two-part ashes preview extravaganza. And here's how we're going to do it, Tone. And uh, you're welcome to disagree with me if you like, but you will be overruled. So uh, we're going to talk about England today. Uh, and we're going to do another episode next week where we talk about Australia. Uh, and this is going to be strictly enforced. I don't want to even hear you mention the word Australia on today's show. Australia? No, no that, well, that's the last time you can mention okay. it. We will not be mentioning Australia. We certainly won't be mentioning... You know, Mitchell Stark taking two hat-tricks in a game, that kind of thing. Okay, deal. But yeah, so well, we should probably crack on with that. We're in our, we're in our studio again, Tony, aren't we? We're in our, our high-tech recording studio. Hopefully we'll only have to record this episode once. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, it's, uh, it's getting more high-tech in here, isn't it? We've got new equipment on the way. We've been talking about it for, well, at least a year. <laughs> well, not just talking about it. Like, you've been explicitly telling me that you are going to slash have yeah, ordered the equipment yeah. for at least a year. It takes a lot of YouTube videos, I've said before, <laughs> about audio to watch, you know, and I just, I'm very uh, you know, specific. Very to make sure I was, I was buying the right £5 microphone foam. Right, yeah. You're just very thorough. A very, very thorough. Very thorough man. As I've proved over years <laughs> of chatting about cricket on this podcast. Yeah. You like to spend seven to nine months just making sure you've got all your ducks in a row. Yeah. Before you order the equipment that you asked, you were asked to order by your podcast <laughs> co-host. Um, but now you tell me that you have ordered it. I mean, I'm still not sure that you actually have ordered it or whether it's, you know, one of these things that you do a lot where it's just tell him what he wants to hear <laughs> tell him what he wants to hear well no because I did actually send you a screenshot of a confirmation so that should be like I promise you it wasn't doctored or uh, photoshopped but yeah no, de- the exciting we are on the cusp of something great here I think <laughs> you're on your way Tone yeah I'm just setting off now on the sofa watching Sky Sports News yeah Ashes this is the part of the show Tone where we talk about the Ashes and what a joy it is to uh, dust off this particular item. Because believe it or not, Tone, and I'd advise you to believe it, there's only two weeks to go until the Ashes gets underway. It's November the, what, 8th now? And the first test kicks off on November the 23rd. My birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got no excuse not to remember it this exactly. year. Exactly. There you go. It's in, it's in the diary now for you. Last year on your birthday, I... Uh, sang a karaoke duet with you at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. This year, I'll come downstairs to find you fast asleep on my sofa. Almost certainly. So yeah, it's uh, it's very much up in our grill now, isn't it, Tone? Uh, here's my first question for you: Are you excited? Yes, I think so. <laughs> that wasn't as enthusiastic as I was expecting. No, I I am excited. Yeah, I definitely, I'm excited. Uh, you know, uh, it has been a while since the last Ashes tour, hasn't it? Four years. Exactly, and at least we've had a little bit of a break from the last Ashes series as well, unlike the last tour, uh, which you know, came right off the back of the, the home series for England. So if you reviewed the tapes from last year, you, uh, from the last time rather, that England went to Australia, you'd have probably heard us say, oh, it's all a bit, it's a bit of an overload. Mm. Uh, but no, I think there's, uh, you know, it's impossible not to be caught up in the excitement, the war of words, uh, all the uh, other stuff that's kind of, you know, reverberating around. Uh, yeah, I, I am excited. I suppose the tinge of yes to my <laughs> yes uh, is just the fact that England, yeah, are, are not setting themselves up necessarily to win this <laughs> right it's not that you're not excited about the series it's that you're not excited about England's prospects in the series I mean I, I'm I'm excited I, I don't care what you say Tone I'm very excited about this as you say there has actually been a a reasonable a, a, an appropriate gap since the last series yeah you know when the last well not just when the last Ashes tour like the last Ashes series in Australia came around but then the Ashes series in England after that in 2015, you know, that was only sort of 18 months or less after 10 tests in six months or whatever. At that point, I was like, oh, God, really? It was it was too much, wasn't it? It was Ashes overload. But now, two and a half years on, 
it does feel right. It feels like time for an Ashes. So I'm excited about this series in a way that I haven't been for the last few. But as you've hinted at there, is that excitement that I'm feeling, is that going to look a little bit naive, maybe, <laughs> when we you know, when we come to reflect on this series in a couple of months' time? You know, as England fans, is our excitement, you know, is it a bit like the excitement of passengers boarding the Titanic or wow. Hillary supporters on election night last year? Or my excitement when uh, I asked you to order the new podcast equipment <laughs> in February and you said, sure thing, no problem, I'll get Done on that it. right away. Is it that sort of thing? Are you going to be let down <laughs> yeah. in a big way, yeah, in a yeah. sort of catastrophic way? Have I been taken in? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, that, that is the thing, isn't it? And, you know, I'm sure you're going you're gonna to run through your blow-by-blow, player-by-player uh, preview in a moment, yeah. but... Uh, you know, certainly. My, yeah, here's, here's one for you, Tate. My Joe by Mo preview. That's not bad. I mean, I think as far as build ups go, and you know, if you take the build up back before or you know, before Bristol, uh, you know, it still hasn't been ideal. You know, I think we. No, sorry. That was really loud. It was loud. That was the loudest text message. I will say, this happened a few times before we started recording. Every time you get a message, you, <laughs> you stare at the screen in like shock and horror, and then go, "Oh no, it's fine." <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what people are texting you. Uh, it's just it slurs about you. Like, oh, God. And then the, the notification disappears. I'm like, oh, "Thank God he didn't see." Uh, yeah, no, I think you know. I think England's, but well, I don't know. You said before Bristol. Yeah, so I mean, even going back before Bristol, you know, England's build-up uh, has been challenging. You know, we, we've talked about it for the last few months that, that, that very few questions have been answered by by England, uh, particularly over this this summer. Uh, and then you you know you take into account the the Stokes blow. You know, it it all adds up to a mixed bag. Let's put it that way for England <laughs> going into this. So yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Australia will be licking their lips, but you know, I, I was thinking about it before. Yeah, in a sense, and it, this is probably not good for England, but in a sense, that, you know, the pressure is on Australia because you know you go back to two thousand and five, and England have beaten Australia every time in England, and obviously England won the one, you know, won that one tour uh, in twenty ten eleven, which was fantastic. But either side of that, obviously, Australia have bounced back, and they've sort of had to do it almost in front of their own. Uh, supporters, because they've been beaten by England away from home, they've wanted to go back and, mm. and you know and uh, and make amends. And if the sense that the pressure is slightly on Australia because they've not won the lion's share over the last few years, that's not good for England. I don't think, given the position they're in, because because right, okay. they're going to come out and absolutely wallop. Yeah, England for five tests. Yeah, they're going to be really up for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Although, as, yeah, as you say, the pressure is on them so it could go the other way like if things start to go wrong then the pressure could start to get to Australia because as you say they've not won a lot of Ashes series in the last 10-12 years and there have been a lot of Ashes series in the last 10-12 years but they've only won the two at home uh, since 2005 haven't they whereas England have won whatever it is four or five at home and one away so that could go either way but I, I know what you're saying that if if it, well, I was going to make this point at the end, but essentially I do think there's a lot riding on Brisbane. I know we say this every time, that you know, it's like <laughs> the, the first morning, you know, the first session of the first day of the first test. It's like, well, that's where the series will be won or lost. But it does feel like, you know, in this series, as in previous ones, <laughs> there is a lot riding on Brisbane because if Australia come out and hammer England, I can see that, you know, you, it, it could unravel quite quickly. Australia will get on a roll. England may not have much belief after that. But if England are competitive in Brisbane, even if they lose, you know, if they lose narrowly, then I think, you know, we could be in for a a really tight, really competitive series. And maybe the pressure, you know, if they come out of Brisbane with a win or a draw, the pressure could start to, to get to Australia. So it's important for England to, to hit the ground running. Therefore, you know, people paying a lot of attention then to uh, to these warm-up games. There's a warm-up game going on right now, isn't there? Um, which has been a, a, a not enormously encouraging first day in Adelaide. I mean, not not a disaster, but they finished, what, 280-odd for eight. Lost a few wickets for for not many runs at the end of the day. I mean, remains to be seen what happens in the rest of that game. It is only a warm-up game. You don't want to read too much into it, I guess. But um, when England won in 2010, they had some really good warm-up games. You know, I do think it, it does 
well, it, it, at the very least, it, it, it doesn't hurt, does it, to, to do well in the warm-ups. So, you know, we're going to be keeping a close eye on those. Yeah, I, I sent you the link the other day, Tone, to the the article on BBC Sport, on the BBC Sport website. It was like the inside story of uh, of the last Ashes tour of, of, of the whitewash four years ago, uh, which is a really good read, but bloody hell is it depressing. It's a very depressing read, and it's got me pretty nervous <laughs> to be honest as england fans can we should we expect better than four years ago you don't sound enormously confident in the noises you've been making so far but should we at least expect better than four years ago uh when you say should we expect better do you mean do you mean we should ex- am i expecting better or should i expect better i don't understand <laughs> the difference as in, as in like should I? What am I actually expecting to happen? So, okay. should we expect a better result, or you know, we've got to expect better <laughs> than losing? You know, you have to expect better of an England team than to lose. I'm still not 100 percent clear. <laughs> Let me try and untangle this. No, it's I mean, the first one of those. What are you actually expecting no, I mean, like, yeah, to happen? Exactly. And the second one, what do we have a right to expect? That is exactly it. Okay. Which I, you know, God, it's hard work sometimes. <laughs> but I got there in the end. Well, yeah, you didn't didn't ask the question, though. (laughs) Uh, I mean, what are you actually expecting? Well, yeah, I'd hate to go into expecting to be beaten 5-0. So I I don't think I'm quite there, but I'm expecting Australia to win. So (laughs) 4-1. Yeah. Better, but... I'm expecting Australia to win. Uh, I don't know. I've got you know. It's it's the England football team. You know, going into a World Cup, it's that sort of. You know, there's always a hope. There's always you know, always the sort of benefit of the doubt's been given. Mm. Uh, there are players in the, this squad who are very very good, and you know, for some of them are you know approaching the peak of their game, aren't they? So yeah, I think you can have hope, but we don't want to talk about Ben Stokes too much. But that is obviously a huge. Mm. A huge miss, you know. If there was a sort of series uh, win viz, uh, yeah, you know, that was on the corner of the screen right now. Yeah, you know, you'd think I would have said before Stokes, it would have been maybe sixty-five, thirty-five Australia, sixty-five percent Australia. I probably think without Stokes, it goes to about seventy-five percent Australia win. Yeah, because Stokes is one of those players who's, you know, in terms of experience and ability. He's right in the middle there, isn't he, of the team. And either side, you've got players like Cook, uh, possibly, well, maybe, maybe a bit harsh to include Cook, but you know, the likes of Cook Anderson, who are sort of perhaps past their best, you know, hugely experienced, but maybe not at the peak of their powers. And, and then the younger players in the team as well. And there aren't many in that both experienced and very good camp. Uh, you know, Root, you'd put there as well. Uh, but, but Stokes, yeah, I, I think without him, England's team does lack if one of a better word, the punch, doesn't it? It lacks that, uh, it lacks a certain, a certain something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a huge blow, isn't it? There's no, no getting away from it again. No, no pun intended, but both in terms of his impact on the pitch, which is clearly really important. I mean, you know, Tone, I've been, uh, slightly less, um, I've been slightly cooler on, you know, Ben Stokes, the, player particularly Ben Stokes the bowler than some you know I you know think he's a brilliant player but his actual test record isn't as good as you might think it would be uh, if you just listen to the way that people talk about him but that being said actually this summer he did for me you know move on a stage and, and particularly with the bat you know we saw some some really good really important really kind of patient like different innings that he that he played against South Africa and the West Indies. And yeah, I, I feel like he sort of moved himself into that world-class bracket. And uh, so so it's a huge loss to not have him in the team, but it's also a huge loss or a huge impact in terms of confidence, you know, how the, the rest of the players will be feeling because it's, it's, it's a big absence on the pitch, it's a big absence in the dressing room and also just has put quite a sort of negative vibe. It's taken that, you know, it, it would have definitely put a bit of a dampener on... The confidence and it's it, it's hard to uh, hard to get that back. Yeah, so. definitely. And yeah, just to, you know, I think Stokes as well. Obviously, you know, came into uh, the England side in Australia, and it, it, you know, how much has happened since he made his 
debut, you know, to be going back there as you know a, a true, true danger man, bat and ball. Some of the innings he's played, particularly away, from, you know, the innings played in South Africa, yeah, and and all the rest that goes with it, the the sort of star quality. Uh, you know, he was the player, probably the player that all England fans would have been most excited about going into this series. So, yeah, that is a real shame in its, you know, in itself. Yeah, he's, he was, he's a weapon, isn't he? Um, England are a weapon short. And the fact that they're a weapon short has, you know, really put a dent in the atmosphere, hasn't it? In the, the mood. I mean, I suppose the fact that it did happen a little while ago, like it's been clear for some time that he's unlikely to play any part I suppose that has, you know, that might have given the players time to sort of adjust to that new reality if it happened this week. Yeah, at least it didn't happen in Brisbane. Yeah, exactly. Crystal, not Brisbane. It would be much worse. So, you know, it's it's not the case that the wheels have suddenly come off the tour. Like they they they, they knew that that was the situation when they flew to Australia, but nonetheless, it, you know, it clearly is a a big blow. But yeah, let's uh, let's go through this then fairly systematically. Tone. Obviously, we did we dipped into this a little bit last time when we when we discussed the uh, the squad selection. But but let's let's go into the squad in a, in a bit more detail, uh, and let's maybe start with the batting because I think most people would agree that that's a really uh, that's a really crucial area for England in this series, along with the bowling and the fielding and the captaincy, I suppose, coaching. Yeah. In terms of the batting. We we weren't happy with the uh, with the batting with you know with the batsmen that had been picked in the squad uh, when we discussed this last time. I think that's fair to say. You look at that squad and, and two out of, well at least two but two out of balance Milan and Vince are going to be in the top five. So with the benefit of a bit more time to think about it, Tone, are you any happier now than you were when we talked about this before? Are you less happy? Uh, are you sadder? Ah. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know. I'm sort of slightly. Well, no, I don't know. It's, do you know what? In my head is scrambled. That it's really hard to say. You know, I'm glad I got you here. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to be too harsh on guys. You know, you're coming in. You know, the like city likes of you know Stoneman and Milan. You know, they haven't had that long, uh, so I don't want to be too judgmental. Uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure you'll do all the talking about balance. Uh, <laughs> Vince, I don't, I, I don't know. I've got a good feeling about Vince. Have you? Yeah, uh, it was quite funny. I saw a clip with him. I don't know. We sometime him talking about you know stuff in in Australia. Yeah, and he was asked how surprised he was to be uh, to be in Australia now, having got the call up. And he yeah, he said like you know he saw the day before the announcement, he saw someone somewhere had written his name and you know he'd read his name mentioned. And he sort of, he said that got me thinking. And then uh, <laughs> then the next day. And that's just love that though. Just like you're just sitting there reading, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, it could be me. <laughs> oh yeah, I play cricket. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Obviously, he's not got a great Test record from his seven tests. But but I don't know. I, I, I like the I like slightly like in the context of a stronger overall and a, a more settled batting lineup. I'd be really happy. That's the only that's the only sort of yeah. downside is that you know he's. No, I think that's a good point actually. Like if the rest of England's top six look really good, then maybe I'd think, yeah, give James Vince a go because he is clearly a very talented player and I'm sure he'll look good at times throughout this series, without a doubt. Like, he, he he's a very classy player. He just has issues in his technique that means he gets out in, you know, he, he fiddles around off stump and, and gets out and you just I just worry that the really top-class bowlers and Australia do have really top-class bowlers uh, are going to lick their lips at the prospect of, of bowling to him. I could be wrong, and it, you know, it may be that he goes out and you know has a spectacular series. But I almost wouldn't give the selectors too much credit if that does happen, because <laughs> it, there's no logic to this selection. If it does happen, they will have just got very lucky. Um, I, you know, I like Vince. I like him as a guy. He's clearly got a lot of talent. But there's no, he's not shown anything when he's played Test cricket before or in the county championship since to suggest that he is going to do well at this level. So it's just a very strange selection for me. You mentioned balance. That's a very strange selection as well. I mean, I, yeah, I just fear for them a little bit. As I say, Australia have got in particularly Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood, but also Pat Cummins. You know, they've got a genuinely world-class fast bowling lineup. And, 
you, you just fear for these batsmen a little bit because I just think they're going to be out of their depth. Yeah. Even if they, I mean, it might be that they can go out and get those kind of nuggety 40s, 50s, 60s, but can they produce hundreds, big hundreds, which is what needs to happen in Australia, isn't it? It can't be cook and root every time. I'm just, sorry, just in my head, I'm just drifting away <laughs> and just picturing you with your cereal at sort of 3.45 in the morning as, uh, you know, as Vince goes cheaply and you're just sort of <laughs> jolting up with cornflakes and milk spilling everywhere. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but as you say, the fact that there are so many gaps in England's batting lineup makes it it makes everyone look worse, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And you know, the, the overall, uh, you take the squad as a whole, and you know, only half of them have played a test against Australia before, and only six uh, have played a test in Australia before, and one of those is Gary Simon Balance. Gary Simon Balance. <laughs> they and you know, particularly in that batting lineup, <laughs> you know, we've got three players there: Stoneman, Vince, and Milan, who've not played against Australia or in Australia, obviously. And that, you know, that's if if the balance if the balance was slightly different, if it was maybe if there's only two of them in there, and there was another batsman of a cook or root. I'm going to say, you know, I think Bearstow, you've got it back to to have a good series. But it, and if there was another one of the sort of cook root, you know, if there was a of a few years ago, and whatever they all played poorly a few years ago. But if there was a sort of you know another a Peterson or a a, a gun batsman yeah. in there, then you'd say maybe two. But yeah, I think three. To have three worries, three batsmen walking out yeah. there thinking like, "Christ, this is big, isn't it?" <laughs> like, is that's got to be a worry? Were you just worried because, as I say, Australia have a very good bowling attack, and if those and if those <laughs> if those bowlers are anywhere near the top of their game, which it seems like Mitchell Stark is <laughs> looking at his form, you know, the prospect of Gary Balance or David Milan or James Vince walking out to face Mitchell Stark with his tail up. Do you back them? I'm not sure that I do, and you know, I just, I just think it could get ugly. But I mean, that being said, who in England would you back? There's no one. There's not people crying out for selection. You say, you know, they've got they've, they've, these guys don't have any experience facing Australia. Well, who does apart from Ian Bell, who's you know seems to have completely lost his his form and, and that kind of thing. So it's not like they've left out obvious candidates, but nonetheless, I think the people they have selected are not the best, you know, are not the best candidates. Um, I mean, you mentioned Bairstow. I actually might be tempted to play Ben Folkes as the wicketkeeper because my my policy in the past would always have been uh, keep Bairstow, you know, Bairstow should have the gloves. Turn your phone off. <laughs> well, no, because I unmuted it to, uh, to, to make sure it was, what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sentence made no sense. <laughs> It used to happen all the time where uh, you'd be texting. I go, "Oh, who are you texting, Tony?" You go, huh? Oh no, I'm just sending a text message. And I'd be like, "All oh, right, okay, yeah, fair enough." Yeah, I would always have said in the past, Besto should keep the gloves because he's done really well. He's actually turned himself into a really good keeper now. Don't change things. Don't rock the boat. There's no need. But then I wouldn't have picked this squad. So from the squad that they have picked, is Ben Folks likely to do any worse than Gary Balance? I don't think so. I, I, I'd back him at least as much as Balance, in which case he might as well play at seven and move Best up to five and maybe have a strength at five and a strength at seven rather than a strength at seven and a big weakness at five. You know, uh, that that would be a temptation for me. It's a big test for Joe Root, isn't it? Obviously, the uh, he, he's had a fairly smooth start to his captaincy career, but things are about to get a lot more difficult, aren't they? And, you know, he's... He's only played in Australia once before, four years ago. Had a very poor series there. He got one half century in, I think, the second test. If memory serves, he got 80-odd, but that was literally it, and he ended up being dropped for the final game. So a bit like Verac Coley needs to prove himself in England. You know, there's, there's one sort of uh, one challenge left for Coley. You know, Root's challenge is, is to prove himself in Australia, isn't it? Do you think he will? Do you expect him to, to have a good series? Yeah, I think you've got to back him just because he is so good. I mean, he's probably had a lot of headaches over the last couple of weeks with the Stokes stuff. That you know, that's going to you know, take his mind off things. That might be a good thing, I don't know, but possibly could be a bad thing as well. You know, a bit of a distraction. You know, he's got the captaincy to think about. There'll be all the chat, you know, about the you know the whitewashers of the last couple, uh, or the, of those two tours. 
yeah, I mean, there was going to be a lot going through his head, but he is damn, he's a damn good player. So, you know, hopefully he can put that all behind him. Although, the, the, you know, the pressure is on, isn't it? Because, you know, if he bats four and, you know, Stoneman and, and Vince, if they're the two ahead of him, you know, assuming Cook's a solid, has a solid series, which that's no guarantee, is it? If Root's coming in constantly early on, yeah, the, the pressure's going to weigh, isn't it? Definitely. And again, if, if England get walloped in Brisbane, you know, there's going to be a lot of things going on, a lot, lot going on in his head, isn't there? A lot of pressure on him, media scrutiny, I imagine. And, and as much as England needs to have a good test in Brisbane, Joe Root needs England to have a good test in Brisbane and probably needs himself to have a good test in Brisbane. And then things start to look good, don't they? But um, it could go south pretty quickly if not. What, what do you think about him maybe batting three? Well, I, you know, it, if I was in charge, which I should be, <laughs> uh, I would insist that he bats three because I think batting four makes no real sense. You know, he, he should be at three. It, you know, he's England's best player. Three is the vital position. If It just makes so much sense, doesn't it? Steve Smith has moved to three. I know Cody bats four. I know Tim Dorka used to bat four. But they had great players ahead of them in the order Tendulkar batted four because Dravid was at three but you know Vince at three isn't Rahul Dravid and I, I would just I'd be front loading that England batting lineup to give them the best possible start the best possible base if as you say if Root's coming in all the time at 10 for two it's difficult isn't it and it just doesn't I don't think it makes any sense at all but he obviously wants to bat four yeah, I mean, I suppose the only thing that, that sort of counts in the favour of root batting for, if he is, you know, when they are coming in cheaply, is that he doesn't really, he doesn't get bogged down, does he? So, you know, even at, if it was 10 for 2, you know, if root's there for half an hour, it's, you know, he's, he's put on 40 runs, mm. or not, maybe not quite, but, you know, he's, moving, he's normally moving along pretty swiftly. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, it's sort of, he should move towards the area, you know, the, the pinch points. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on then to the bowling. Um, what about the middle order? We've done the middle oh, order. Oh, we kind of have, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, we can talk about the lower order, actually, yeah. if you want. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to stretch it out too long. <laughs> but that's what let's, people would have been shouting in the. Let's move on to the lower middle order, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, the, the upper lower middle order. The upper lower order. Um, because actually, it, you know, this is obviously, in some ways, it seems like a minor point, but it actually was, in four years ago, it was a really crucial place where the series was won and lost was that the Australian lower order, Brad Haddon, Mitchell Johnson and the other bowlers, produced a lot of runs, like quite, you know, England got absolutely thrashed in that series, but in pretty much every test, they were in the game when they were bowling at Australia, because they quite often had them 150 for five, but then Brad Haddon would go out and score a lot of runs and the others would chip in, and they'd add another 250, whereas England would, you know, scratch their way to 200 for five and then be all out for 250. Six, <laughs> and the lower order scored no runs at all. They just couldn't cope with Johnson. Again, this is an area where <clears throat> the absence of Ben Stokes could be pretty crucial because everyone's going to move up a place. Presumably, it could be that Moeen bats at six or maybe Bairstow. But whereas it was going to be Moeen at eight, Wokes at nine, now it's probably going to be Wokes at eight and then maybe Broad at nine. Suddenly, that lower order looks a little bit weaker. As I say, that see, it seems like it's a, a somewhat more trivial or peripheral area but it but it could be key and again all right there's no Mitchell Johnson this time but Mitchell Stark is you know almost as good or as good at bowling to tailenders so yeah that'll be a, a a pretty vital part of the series I think just to return to whether I'm excited or not one thing that is exciting and there is a delicate balance to this because a delicate Gary, <laughs> a delicate, a delicate delicate Gary, Gary Simon, Simon. Uh, you know you go back to the last tour, there was only one England century, wasn't it? It was Stokes, and it was mm. yeah, it was, it was really tough. The tour before, when Cook just just ground Australia, every Australian in the country into the ground. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that that was probably that's probably. Well, whilst I did enjoy that a lot, what is exciting is that you know, given going to how we're feeling about this from an England perspective. The runs that the England batsmen do make, and if there are centuries, they will really mean so much. Mm. And it'll be, you know, that's going to be that's that does excite me. You know, if Vince can make a century in the first innings, or you're, and it's where only one batsman is pinning down an innings, mm. that's really that's memorable. And it's yeah, and you kind well, of really get into it. It should be the case that the runs scored, the centuries scored, will really mean something because 
you look at both teams and you think, well, their bowling attack is probably their strength. It could be a fairly sort of bowler-friendly series that makes the runs that are scored more valuable, more exciting, more meaningful. Well, moving on to the bowling, I'm, you know, and the England bowling, I'm more confident about the bowling than I am about the batting. Partly because Australia's batting lineup has has its you know has its weaknesses, and partly because England's bowling attack does look relatively strong, doesn't it? Obviously, they've got two of the best bowlers in the world in Anderson and Broad. You know, maybe as you say, maybe both slightly past their best, but nonetheless, you're you're still happy as an England fan, aren't you, that they're that they're in the team? If Chris Wokes is fit and he bowls like he did last year, then that's a really strong seam attack, isn't it? The question for me is about bench strength. You know, what do you think about Craig Overton, Jake Ball? It was Steve Finn, but he's just been withdrawn through injury. Say Tom Curran coming along. If one of England's first choice bowlers breaks down injured, would you be confident about any of those guys? Confident? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, Thanks. Um, yeah, as you say, the fact that the Australian batting lineup isn't invincible uh, by any means. Injamesable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good. Uh, you know that 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 is an encouragement because you know those sort of bowlers coming in, you know, inexperienced, young. If you were to put them in front of you know some of the you know, batting lineups of the past in Australia, you know, it, it would be cruel. Uh, but it, well, I suppose I mean you know if one of them could easily be destroyed career-wise by David Warner in one session, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, they they will need a little bit of encouragement and you know the odd wicket, won't they, early on? So that that's something to to cling on to. I, d- I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to know how they go. I don't know. Well, the problem for me, and I, again, I mentioned this last time, is it's just the lack of variety. Like they're they're fairly samey, aren't they? Um, and they're fairly samey with the three first choice as well. Like. There's no left arm seamer. There's no kind of big, tall Chris Tremlett type figure. So not just injury, but if you know if England do get thrashed in Brisbane and they get thrashed in Adelaide as well, two 0 down. What do we do? Where do you go in terms of bowling attack? What can you do differently? There's not really many options there. So like, it might not be the worst squad if England do well, but if they don't, I'm not sure where they turn necessarily. It's a huge series for Moeen Ali. I think. I know I talk about Moeen a lot, but. <laughs> Like you know, you you although you tend to think of Australia as being a you know a seam friendly part of the world, which it is. Spinners are vital, I mean, particularly in Adelaide, particularly in Sydney. In the past, England have sometimes played two spinners at those grounds. It's very difficult to win in Australia without your spinner playing a, a major part. Do you think Moeen can play that that major part? Can can he deliver on the biggest stage? Yes. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that was succinct. No, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's he's gone on, you know, level after level, hasn't he? Uh, you know, bat and ball. I, you know, I think you know, I expect him to have a really solid series. I don't know whether, whether he'll, you know, whether he'll destroy it with the ball. I don't know, but overall, I think, yeah, you know, he's going to be super reliable for England. Yeah, well, I mean, it, he doesn't necessarily have to, as I say, the spinner is really important, but he doesn't necessarily have to take forty wickets. But as long as he's chipping in and, and, and playing a part again the, the selection of the squad frustrates me because the backup is Mason Crane I mean Moen's actually been injured so there's some doubt I mean it looks like he's going to be fit for the first test but you know if Moen is injured uh, at any point in the series and they have to bring in Mason Crane you know I'd I'd be concerned about how that might go against the likes of, of Warner and Smith so the selection's a bit frustrating but yeah, I mean, I, I do think you're right. I think Moeen can have a, a really important role to play, but it, you know, it's a, as I say, it's a big test for him, as it is for a lot of these England players. You know, guys who have been talked up a lot, and in some cases, rightly so. But you know, this this is a real test, but also a real opportunity for them to to prove that they are as good as people have said. Can they do it, Tone? I know we've still got one part of our preview to go. We haven't talked about Australia yet. Um, so I'm not asking you for a prediction today, but you know at the, at the beginning of this, you you were fairly negative or at least concerned. Have you talked yourself round at all? Are you, you know, how optimistic are you? Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, optimistic isn't the right word. Uh, just looking at the the odds at the moment, you know, in your your metric odds, the best. You're going to get on England winning the series is 4.33, Australia at 1.44. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, I don't think that's particularly far off the mark. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if England win. But hey, yeah, hopeful. Hopeful rather than optimistic. Yeah, I, I actually don't know if I'd say that I'd be surprised if England won. I mean, like, because... They, as we said, they do have some of the best players in the world. So in some ways, it seems strange to be quite so negative about it. Like they, they, you know, in Cook, in Root, in Anderson and Broad and Best, though, you know, they do have some of the very best players in the world. Some of whom are at the the top of their game. So they can certainly win. But if they're going to win, they need pretty much all of them to have good series. And that's the question, isn't it? I mean, if 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 all of them do. Uh, then they've got a good chance. But if a few of them have poor series, then it's going to be very difficult because there's not much else, you would say, in the team beyond those world-class players. There's not necessarily uh, the the weapons in the armoury. Um, if a few of them don't have good series, uh, it could be very, very difficult. And actually, even though they are some of the best players in the world, none of them, or hardly any of them, have particularly good records in Australia. I mean, you know, even Alistair Cook, we think of as... You think of Cook in Australia and you immediately think of you know that phenomenal series that he had in 2010. But he's played two other Ashes series in Australia and was, you know, was pretty poor on both occasions. He averaged less than 30 in 2006 and averaged less than 30 in 2013. James Anderson, very similar. You know, one brilliant series in 2010, but two pretty average series before that and after that. So, yeah, they're, you know, even England's best players don't necessarily have outstanding records in Australia. So for me, like it, it really, it could go either way. Like I won't be stunned if England win. I won't be that surprised if they win. But I also won't be that surprised if they lose five nil. Like it really could go either way. Uh, there's genuine uncertainty, I think, which which makes it quite an exciting prospect, which adds to my excitement. But as I say, maybe that excitement will. Uh, I'll come to regret that excitement. I sort of feel like have you watched The Affair or? Big Little Lies or True, no. De- True Detective, you know, okay. like where they're, everything's kind of interspersed with these like interviews with the police where they're trying to piece together <laughs> yeah. what happened. I sort of feel like that, you know, this should we should be cutting now to an interview recorded in January. Uh, like that was the moment where I realised Adam was completely off his rocker. <laughs> uh, probably fair. I mean, I, I don't know. I think you know England, as you say, have got match winners, series winners. Yeah, world leaders in that team, but you know, you look at what happened last winter. It wasn't a vintage. You know, we you know, we talked about that length, obviously, great length. Uh, and then this summer, how it wasn't yeah, it hasn't been a vintage summer, I don't think. So it, it, you know, it's tough to see where true optimism yeah. could be found there. I think, but I am always optimistic. You are, I you know. I'll be watching. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be watching on my BT subscription. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We've got a few questions uh, from listeners here sent in on the social networking platform Twitter. Have you got 280 characters yet, Tim? Yeah. Yeah, I got mine today. Yeah, I think they did an update today. Big rollout today. Do you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure I really like it. No, I hate it. Uh, it's ama- I did see a tweet, and it's so true. It's amazing how quickly my brain has trained itself to ignore characters, uh, to, to ignore tweets that are 280 characters long. Yeah. I do just scroll past them. It's just a mess, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, doesn't it, quite work. I mean, it, it, it had already be started to become too much about because I mean, I'm guilty of it as much as the next person. But I don't know. By the time you throw in like videos, emoji, yeah. photos, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's visually difficult to interpret. For me, it's just proof that 
sometimes people don't understand why people like their thing. The Twitter people clearly don't understand that people like Twitter because everything's very short. That's the whole point, isn't it? Um, Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was only sort of quirk of... Yeah, I know. Sort of like arrive at 140 characters initially because it was like... Yeah. Scientifically, they were like, oh, this is all like... Yeah, we want to make this a short awful. But yeah, you know, it's been very difficult to track just like live updates from sporting events and stuff, isn't it, when it's, you know, everyone's rambling on. (laughs) Exactly. But, well, no, I'm not saying they did it by design, but they did land on something that works. I mean, you could argue that they, you know, that maybe it could have done with a little bit of increasing, maybe to 160, but to double it is just bizarre. Yeah. Just, yeah, they they don't understand their own platform. Where will it be your online, uh, your online destination during the ashes? Will you be... Following, yeah. If you can't watch, or as you're as you're watching, BBC updates, Twitter, Adam's house, cricket, yeah, me. <laughs> well, these questions were sent in on Twitter before the uh, the rollout of 280 characters, so they're only 140 characters at most. We've obviously only been talking about England today, but you know, I'll let you broaden your horizons now, Tone, to include Australia as well. Um, this question from Julian Bishop. Which players have the potential to score over 500 runs or take over 30 wickets? So basically, who do you think could or will have, you know, a genuinely outstanding series? Like who can who can uh, put their mark on this series? Well, I mean, who can? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who will? <sighs> who will? Who should? <laughs> and we're only going to answer it from an England perspective. Who are you here. expecting to, Tone? If you wanted me to put money on who's going to be the top England batsman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Like, the thing is that it's very tough one to answer, is it? Because if you say Joe Root, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, Joe Root is, is the player that ordinarily you would say in any series would go in and, and you'd back to score more runs than anyone else. Uh, who, who, could, who could surprise? I've got a good feeling about Vince, but I don't know if it's that good. Interesting. I don't know if it's that good. I don't know. Johnny Bairstow, I think, will have a good series, but it's difficult to see him scoring 500. Yeah, particularly if he does bat at six or seven. Yeah, I mean, you could see him... I could see him getting 100 along the way. What about wickets? Um, 30 wickets. Uh, Mitchell Stark, I think. Oh, yeah, well, I thought you were talking about England. Well, both. No, I said you could broaden your horizons. Well, we haven't done the Australia preview yet. Well, I know, but the, you know these it's these just, questions are. You've done a Twitter. You've just like changed the parameters. I didn't understand what people liked about yeah. my platform. Oh well, if we're talking about Australia as well, you know, who's going to be the top batsman? It's tough not to think that Warner mm. will enjoy the bowling. Steve I, I, Smith, maybe. Steve I mean, this Smith, is yeah. the kind of analysis that you only get here, isn't it? Joe Root, Dave Warner, Steve Smith. Depending on how the, obviously how things play out, but will England score enough runs that an Australian batsman will get to five hundred? Doesn't it? Who knows? Mm. Uh, here's a question from the Buckster: uh, With both sides being fairly unsettled, do you see any players having a breakout series and nailing down a long-term place in the team? So you know anyone who's sort of on the periphery at the moment can they uh, can they nail down a place in the team? I suppose if I was to put it in my own words. Uh, I like I, I quite like Stoneman. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There is a, there's a great opportunity for for one of those England batsmen in particular to take root. Yeah, uh, but to, yeah, to take Joe. To, who will it be? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't see Vince become. I can't see Vince. You know, amassing. Yeah, you know, he, he's played seven tests at the moment. I, I don't know. I can't see him becoming a mainstay of the side. But I do think he'll have a decent series. Uh, but yeah, I think Stone... You said he was going to get 500 runs. No, I said, he, I said I've got a good feeling. I don't know whether it's that good. Uh, I don't know, Stoneman, maybe? Of the, You've uh, already yeah. said that. That's what I'm saying, Stoneman. <laughs> <laughs> Stoneman, could be Vince? Got a good feeling about him? I don't know. No, I'm just saying, okay, Stoneman is... Okay, is oh, the, Stoneman. Yeah. yeah, okay. What about on the Australian side of things? I don't know. We haven't done the preview. All right, we'll, we'll leave that for the preview. Maybe I shouldn't have tried to. Well, we can answer these questions again. Okay. I think I blew your mind a bit there, Tony, yeah. by trying to uh, change the parameters. Well, this one's about England, this question from Cam Allen. Would Plunkett replacing Finn have actually strengthened the English side compared to Tom Curran? And he says, I say yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Curran, as we say, called up to replace Finn. A lot of people had thought it would be Plunkett. 
Were you surprised to see Curran? He's played a, he played a couple of T20s, didn't he? Yeah. He looked pretty good. And well, I've seen him play for Surrey a few times, again, in, mostly in T20. And he looked very good. But I, you know, I don't know what to make of him in the test side, necessarily. Should they want to plunk it? He's obviously... We've got experience. Real, yeah. and he's, you know, he's, a, he's seen a lot of cricket. Uh, I, mean, I, I suppose that, that's the only thing. Again, in the context of a settled, experienced team, uh, a sort of hardened veterans, you know, throwing in Curran would be, you know, might have made more sense than it does in a, in a you know, in a squad where, you know, there's not many, mm. there's not many players, uh, you know, of the, of the, the sort of experience. So I guess, you know, in my mind, it would always be ideal to chuck players, you know, for players to make their debuts in home series against favourable opposition. Yeah. Not an away series, an away Ashes series, but... Well, again, he could have played against the West Indies, couldn't he? Mm. But yeah, I, I would have definitely gone to Plunkett. Um, you know, I'd have gone to Plunkett before they went to Jake Ball. Um, yeah, I, okay, when did he last play a test? Is it about two years ago now? And he wasn't outstanding, was he, at that point? But he did pretty well. But he's also better in ODI cricket now than he was then. And as well, you know, talking about the sameness of the bowling attack, Plunkett does at least offer pace, doesn't he? He would be the quickest England bowler. And that would at least be something different wouldn't it and um, yeah I don't know I, I I like the look of Curran and he's got a lot of potential but as you say when you've already got Jake Ball and Craig Overton you know maybe someone with a bit more experience would, would have made sense yeah I mean they've been slightly unfortunate haven't they Obviously, like Roland Jones looks really good not there you know they're caught up Finn and he gets injured so uh, Mark Wood's injured you know there's a few cabs that have broken down on the rank yeah uh, but then yeah I think the argument is you know yeah, if Curran had done enough at this point in his career to earn an England call up, you know, perhaps it might have come in the summer. But I don't know. Oh, good luck to him though. Excited. Yeah. But I don't know, you know, who who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's basically our slogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows? <laughs> well yeah, send your questions in. Uh maybe make them Australia focused uh, for next week. Yeah, tweet them in at us in preferably under 140 characters at Cricket Show. But yeah, that's that's the end of part one then of our Ashes preview. Uh, Australia next time. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready for the series, as you as you alluded to. I've got the serial in. I'm ready for this. Much like Gary Simon Balance's feet, this episode of the World Cricket Show has gone absolutely nowhere. <laughs> as such, I think it's probably about time to bring it to an end. I think I may have used that one before. But I can't remember. Anyway, you know, sometimes it's it's good to dust off a classic. Yeah, exactly. When it's that good. When it's the timing's appropriate. <laughs> I'd, you know, I'd love to see Balance just to return to the cricket. Let's see Balance going to do it this winter. Well, yeah. I mean, I would love to as well, as you know, as an England fan. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Have you had fun today, Tim? It's been good. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the Ashes. There's an Ashes test that's about to start this Thursday, the, the women's Ashes test. It's a it's a delicately poised series, isn't it? Obviously, it, it works on the on the Super Series principle, the Women's Ashes, the ODIs, the Test, and the T20s, all count towards uh, the overall Ashes winner. So we've had the ODI series already. Australia won the first two games pretty comfortably, and it was looking bleak for England, but England bounced back really well to win the third game. So now there's a huge amount riding on this Test. It's it's six points for each series, isn't it? So currently, Australia are four two up. So if they win the test, then they win the Ashes. So yeah, exciting times. We'll be following that one very closely. And it's a day-night? Yeah, we haven't talked about that, actually, uh, for the, the men's series as well. be interesting to see how that day-night game goes. You know, it was, it was a slightly uh, controversial one, wasn't it, in the, the, the West Indies test in the summer. I quite enjoyed it. And I'm particularly going to enjoy it, you know, in this Ashes series because the time zone <laughs> means that it works out so well like I'm I'm so looking forward to this series but I'm not looking forward to how tired I'm going to be between November the 23rd and January the 10th or whatever um, but yeah this Adelaide test uh, taking a few days off work have you taken a few days off work? no I recommended that you should yeah you did didn't you uh, hang on because it starts at what about 5 in the morning and goes on till lunchtime so it's actually you know it's, it's decent time ways it's decent let me have a look at my diary he's opening Google Cal Oh, come on, phone. He's just scrolling through some text messages. Oh. I'm just sending a text message. My phone is useless. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Adelaide starts at half three. Does it? I think so. Mm, not sure about that. 
It starts at 2pm local time, so what's that? Yeah, you're right. You are actually right, I think, Tane. Cheers. Is that right? 3am? I think 3.30, I thought. 3.30. That's what I put down. Oh, that's not as good as I thought. You still get an extra hour on Perth, though. Hmm. So you're... Yeah. I thought it's not bad, though. We could... Yeah, it's, we still, it's still doable. You can get up for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you you kind of burst my bubble <laughs> a little bit, Tim. I have to Sorry. say, my excitement is ebbing. Uh, but yeah, we can uh, we can get together for that. So that, hang on, the first test does it start on the night of the Wednesday, like midnight? Yeah, so it starts yeah. Thursday at one past midnight. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. So the Friday night, what I was thinking of doing is maybe having some drinks somewhere for my birthday. I don't know. Nothing like just informal. Mm-hmm. But then I may, obviously on that Friday night, I don't know if you fancy watching that. Yeah. To Gebs. Let's see if we can just... <laughs> just find a BT Sports subscription <laughs> yeah. somewhere. I, I mean, who knows? If only where, but... we knew anyone. <laughs> but yeah, I could do like a decent late night for that one. Yeah, see cool. See if anyone else, I don't know. Well, yeah, this is exciting. So yeah. This is very exciting. What's our podcast schedule going to be for the Ashes? Uh, well, just between each test, isn't it? Yeah. One one episode per gap. So we've got one more before the series starts, and then, yeah, one between each test. Yeah. I was thinking as well, if we do get together to watch Adelaide and are not at work, maybe we could do a Facebook Live. I like that idea. Each day. Yeah. That is a promise from Tony Kerr, and you know how he is about promises. Uh, what's going on then? Do you want to hear about my holiday? Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was in Portugal, Tone. I was in Portugal. Yeah, lovely. It was a good time. It was very nice. 30 degrees in October. Can't complain about yeah. that. Uh, so that was oh, for... Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so that was for one week and then uh, had a week just touring around the UK, seeing various members of my family. I just, you know, like a struggling stand-up comedian just uh, going <laughs> Having the same gags <laughs> night after night. <laughs> exactly. To a new crowd. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it did feel like that, actually, and, and like a struggling stand-up comedian, I've come back with seven minutes of material about airports, <laughs> uh, so maybe I'll wheel those out at some point. Oh, what's going on then, Tim? What's the plan this week? Uh, uh, cut me making loads of noise. Got a few bits. England have got one more. England, well, no, England have got one more warm-up game. Yeah, uh, and then it's the Ashes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've talked about that. Well, if, despite what you just said, uh, you enjoy the World Cricket Show, uh, then you might like to find out more and get more involved on the internet. Uh, We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. We're on Twitter, as I mentioned already, at cricket show. I'm at Adam Mayfield 1 2. Tony, you're at what? T O N Y C V R R. Uh, And will you be using your 280 characters? Uh, your tweets this week possibly I'll try not to but we'll probably ramble on we're on Instagram as well yeah at World Cricket Show Uh, we're also on email worldcricketshow at gmail.com and if you want to support the show there's a few different ways you can do that firstly write a review for us on iTunes or leave a rating and or wherever you listen to the podcast because it does make a big difference in in bringing new people to the show and we're you know with the ashes coming up we're going to be uh Hoping to do a bit of a push, aren't we? We're lobbying hard <laughs> uh, to to get you know to bring in to suck in more listeners, hoodwink more listeners. Um, and if you want to support the show in a financial way, a couple of ways to do that: uh, when you're doing your regular Amazon shopping, if you go first of all to our website, cricketshow.net, follow the link there. Anything you buy, uh, a, a, a small amount of that money goes to us rather than Jeff Bezos. Uh, which is you know the rest goes to Bezos which (laughs) the rest goes to Bezos but uh, but yeah some of it goes to us so that's you know everyone's a winner there apart from Bezos Uh, and if you want to make a regular donation uh, you can do that on Patreon patreon.com slash cricket show a big thank you to all our patrons who have between them paid for this new equipment which Tony claims he's ordered yes it is definitely on its way Dispatch notifications are landing in my inbox on a sort of hourly basis. Yeah, yeah, I'm on my way, mate. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> just setting off now. All right, well, uh, thanks for having me around, Tony. Stay in school, everyone, and we'll be back next week to talk about Australia. Very exciting. Good day. Good day. See you all then. Bye bye for now. Very. Good.
can smell your fear. off my jumper. It's already starting to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cold outside as well. We should get a thermometer in here and just watch <laughs> the temperature. God, if rise. we have Osher and Leg in here as well. Well, that we'd have to open the door. Or we'd have to have some sort of silent cooling system. <laughs> just a bucket of water. <laughs> yeah. We could get those ice vests that they give to like <laughs> athletes, you know, to, to keep the core temperature down. Yeah, like in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, you know, when they play test cricket in Abu Dhabi. Um, how many minutes have we done? Uh, am I supposed to be recording this? <laughs> I don't know, we've done 1,171 bars. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change that to time. 39 minutes? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we should, well, the time we should be going, and a one, and a two. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.